Hi, my name is Nirvan. I'm the director of a short film called Kane's Arcade, and you're listening to Think About This with Shelley Palmer and Ross Martin. The more you listen, the less you know. I'm Shelley Palmer. I'm Ross Martin. And you're listening to Think About This. Today, we think outside the cardboard box and how we can get kids to be more creative with Kane's Arcade filmmaker, Nirvan Mullick. Plus, I spent a week with the Galaxy S20, and it's kind of fun, and we'll take a look at low-tech cheating. So, welcome to Think About This. The more you listen, the less you know. Ross, behold the Samsung Galaxy S20. Ooh, look at this. Yeah, this thing is insane. First of all, I've spent a couple weeks with it now, and I'm, I'm just blown away by two things. It's a phone, right? So I can't get that excited, right? It's an I've phone, seen you get right? excited about phones. No, 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 because I have the folding okay, phones yeah, and all this other. Yeah. So like, it's a flagship it's a phone, right? And it's a flagship phone. So this is serious. This is like Samsung's best phone. But it does two things that I actually like, like really like. One, it has a 100x zoom on it. There's a 108 megapixel wide angle camera and they figured out a way with a prism like, this is the coolest technology. Mm-hmm. You know, the problem with telephotos, my iPhone, when you want it, the new ones are cool. And the old ones used to take like a telephoto lens and clip it on. That's right. So you could do like really super cool photography, telephoto. They put a prism inside the phone and the light goes the long way after it comes in. And it just, so they don't have to oh, have a giant smart. optical zoom. This thing goes 100x. It's like, it's crazy. It's like a telescope. It's unbelievable. So kudos to Samsung for that because that made me really happy. Like you're standing on part of the street. You zoom this thing all the way in. You're like seeing license plates a block and a half away. Out of control. Is this really expensive? No, it's like, it's a flagship phone. So it's like a, you go to Verizon, you look at the iPhone um, Pro yeah. Max 11, which is this one here, and then the S20, which is this one here. They're about the same price. You know, oh, okay. A little cheaper, like 100 bucks cheaper, the super duper model. But- there's one other thing that I think Samsung has done that they got to get kudos for. The other is this thing called single take. Now, watch this for a second. So what's happening here is you're just panning around the room, right? Panning. You see Robert and Rebecca, who's our engineer, and Ross. And I'm just sort of panning around the room. I'm done. Now, what you're seeing is a whole array of pictures and a video it found the faces, it found the video, and look, it like found the most important stuff computationally. So Samsung makes a bunch of decisions for you that you wouldn't have to make for yourself. You're at a party, or you're at a table in a restaurant, you sort of pan the whole thing, and whoever's moving around, it recognizes the faces. It's not always perfect. Can like, you change it if you d- rather yeah, have you other... Yeah, edit it, and there's a bunch of pictures behind it, and there's a bunch of cool ways to mess with That's it. That's cool. But computational photography is, I think, the future, and this is one of the best versions of it I've seen so far. I love the idea. You can just basically be at a dinner, which you can see these pictures from the other night. And I was just like panning around the whole thing while I didn't take a picture of anybody particularly. And it just like pulled a bunch of cool shit. Now, this waiter who's walking by that, I didn't really need this waiter. Like that's not cool. But because it was like not an action thing. But I also did some stuff at um, my granddaughter was skiing. And so check this out. Like this is like the ski meet and she's skiing down. So it got her and then it got the people cheering. So, like, the computational photography thing is really well, cool. Well, h- how does it affect, like, Facebook and Instagram? Will they have I, to yeah. build products that can correspond? It's really interesting. Obviously, these become single pictures and videos. So you just take them out and you can put them up there. Um, I'm not sure. You know, Facebook has done some really cool stuff with 3D inside the – So has LinkedIn. And LinkedIn just now. Yeah, amazing. So I'm looking at – all photography and creativity coming to the next level. Yeah, I think this is really the cool part about totally. the Samsung Galaxy S20 is that it's right on that leading edge of where we're going. And let's face it, this kind of technology, this kind of um, creative output, you would have needed a ton 
a ton of technology, plus you know Photoshop and everything on in motion or whatever you were going to do, you know, through your Apple products and your Adobe products to make this happen. Now you press a button; it's just right there. Wow, think about that. So, Shelly, the cardboard box industry mm-hmm. is over six hundred billion dollars a year. It makes sense. Everything comes in a cardboard box. Don't you feel like there are more cardboard boxes every day showing up at your doorstep? Oh, especially with a banana on them. There's just cardboard <laughs> boxes everywhere. Because Mrs. Palmer is or, is ordering things or she, you are? Well, I, I think we're all guilty of, of this like press a button, get a thing. Yeah. And what's weird is the way that Amazon, I mean, I'm not going to take it too big of a shot at Jeff Bezos, but you order a battery, it comes in a box the size of a car and it's like one little battery. So <laughs> one tree creates 151 boxes. How do you know that, Ross? I looked it up. Oh! On the that's excellent. I mean, I just, I will, that I, was very scholarly here's something and, and, else and I official. Learned, <laughs> here's something else that I learned in the research that Westwood One did for us. Mm-hmm. 100 billion cardboard boxes were made in the U.S. last year. Could you say that again? 100 billion, billion cardboard boxes. So I can't decide if you're Austin Powers and Dr. I'm Evil. Dr. Evil combined. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah. So of that number, the 100 billion cardboard boxes in the U.S. last mm-hmm. year, 95% of them were single use. So we use them once. Throw them away. And then they're either recycled or thrown away. But you don't, most people don't reuse them. So how about this number? 500 million metric tons of cardboard were produced last year. 500 million metric, metric tons. tons. Okay. I so I think the point is there's more cardboard than we've ever Seen. Oh, sure. Right? Yeah. It's a big and, industry and there's a lot of it and it's a lot of it's wasted. That's really so, the like, story. That's the that's what we're doing in this episode. Like we're talking about what on earth do we do with all that cardboard? Now, yes, we can recycle it. Of course. But is there something else? Is there a better way? So 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 I was walking at while I was at CES, I went to get some Starbucks. And I noticed this guy was playing with a huge origami. And he was a barista who was like a bored barista. I'm like, you turned a cardboard box into gigantic origami because you were just hanging out? And he's like, yeah. So I interviewed him and I have the video here. And take a listen. All right. So what's your name? Uh, Jared. Jared. And what is this that you made here? It's a a paper crane. And what did you make it out of? Uh, We have the signage sheets up on the board and it's basically just like, like cardboard sign up sheets? What do you mean? Yeah, like no, the sign sheets that are like the mini boards. Oh, you mean like those things? Yeah. And just, we take them down, and then at the end of it, we don't need it anymore, so I took it and folded it into this. That's really cool. What would you have done with it if you didn't make it into uh, recycle? Uh, you would have recycled it. Do you, have you ever done one of these before? This big? Yeah. Not with one of these, but I've done it with like other like pieces of like. What are you going to do with it now that you made it? Cause it's um, awesome. Either give it to like my mom or hand it to somebody who wants it. I don't, I don't need it. Jared, thank you so much for hanging out with me. Nice to meet you. Happy to meet you. It's incredible. And so it's like what people are doing, instead of throwing something out or recycling it, what else could you do with that cardboard box? So let's let's think about that. Shelly, we get to have like the most interesting people on our show. We really do. Uh, none of them were available today. <laughs> so we got Nirvan Mullick. That's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we did. He's here. Um, just kidding. That, that, like, that's that's way too hard of a jab, but he can take it. He's like our most interesting friend. I mean, yeah. 
And he's got, he's got cardboard boxes to hide in. Well, okay, we're going to get to that. Welcome to the show, Nirvan Malek, filmmaker and founder of Imagination.org. Thanks, guys. So everyone should know, Nirvan's story for me begins years ago with the documentary Kane's Arcade. And the first time you and I ever met, Nirvana, you were at some trade event and you were giving a presentation about Kane's Arcade, your documentary. Just so everybody understands, could you just quickly, because we're talking cardboard boxes, yeah. just talk a little bit about what Kane's Arcade was, that story, and how you came to be the Imagination Foundation guy. And it starts with a broken car part. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, the last day of summer in 2012. And uh, I was a uh, struggling filmmaker, what my dad would call a struggling, meaning I had no health insurance. I was 36. <laughs> <laughs> and what I did have is a 96 Corolla that was always breaking down and uh, had a broken door handle. And I live in Los Angeles and uh, downtown. My window would always get smashed. I'd always go to East LA to get it fixed because there's some cheap used auto parts stores. And I went there to get a used door handle and uh, pulled into this junkyard that I'd never been to before. And when I pulled in, I met this little nine-year-old boy who had made this elaborate arcade out of the cardboard boxes that the auto parts came in. It was his dad's shop, and he spent the whole summer building this, and he asked me if I wanted to play. Uh, and that's kind of how the story started. If you haven't seen Kane's Arcade, it's online. Yeah. And and I would, I would beg you to watch this film because the time you invest will be paid back in just – the warmest feeling you will ever get from watching any piece of video. I, I've, How many people have seen it already? It's hard to say. I mean, the video's got tens of millions of views online, but it's been played on television and yeah. stuff like that, too. So. so we'll leave that as a cliffhanger. So that's where the cardboard boxes come from, because Kane had made this giant arcade out of cardboard boxes, and that inspired you to start the Imagination Foundation. And Yeah, well, we, we made this film about Kane's Arcade and then uh, posted online, and, and the film went massively viral. We raised about a quarter million dollars for this little boy to go to college. Tens of thousands of people started coming to his arcade. Um, he hadn't had a customer before, is a, is a little bit of the backstory. So um, in real life, his arcade became a thriving business. Uh, they had <laughs> a, like great, a five-hour line with people in this junkyard waiting to play his game. Um, and then what was unexpected was the response uh, from kids and teachers and, yeah. and parents uh, to the film when it went viral. Kids started making their own cardboard arcades and setting them up in their driveways and living rooms. And uh, I literally got tens of thousands. Yeah, of I mean, emails. some of the follow-on stories on YouTube were incredible where whole classrooms just got deep into like, okay, let's make our own version of this. And what a creative way Spend an afternoon. For, yeah, and, for your kids, and this for was kids. entirely unexpected. And um, I had all these uh, like teachers saying, "We've got a kid just like Kane in our classroom. Uh, what can we do to foster their creativity?" And this is mind you, just a few days after this film went viral, I, I, I thought it might be good to try to start a nonprofit. Uh, to <laughs> seems like the next logical. <laughs> yeah, that's the next thing. <laughs> Definitely, if you're not busy enough. Let's go. No, but everybody was coming at you. Everybody was coming at us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. From from the biggest talent agencies to all the toy companies to to you know there are all these different things. And the first thing we decided to do was was what could we do for other kids? Um, and we didn't want to sell kids a cardboard box, um, but we decided to create this nonprofit to give kids more space and time for play. Um, and so five days after the film went viral, we ended up getting this miraculous quarter million dollar grant from the Goldhurst Foundation uh, to try to start this nonprofit and unpack this kind of viral buzz and moment and see if we could turn it into a bigger movement. And then we've been able to do that. You really have. 
That's fantastic. So what are you doing now? Yeah, because it's you're, you're about to make, well, you just did make some big news about a grant. Yeah. Yeah, you were there. I was there. What happened? We we got a million dollar grant for imagination.org from Vans uh, as part wow. of their, yeah, it's their largest ever single charitable gift. To Unbelievable. Help. Unbelievable. Like a, a miracle. Yeah. Thank you. And it's really to foster creative expression for kids worldwide. Uh, creativity is the number one skill kids are going to need. You know, uh, 65% of kids in school today are going to have jobs that don't yet exist. Yes. So how do you foster that? And it turns out a cardboard box is a free, readily available material, and you can do a lot with it. We talk a lot about this exact issue on this podcast. And when you think about the jobs of the future and sort of cultivating the skill sets we will need to do them, how do you think, like, what is your methodology for bringing this into the classroom, bringing it into the lives of kids who are the next generation of our workforce? Yeah, it, it's a little sneaky. It turns out that they've been measuring creativity since the like, 50s. Uh, along with IQ, they, they measure something called CQ. And um, in the 90s, while IQ and CQ were going up at the same rate, the, the creativity quotient started going down uh, in the 90s. And, uh, and some of the creativity experts that we talked to say what kids really need at least is a minimum of one to two hours a week of open-ended creative play. Uh, so the first thing we did was launch this global cardboard challenge, basically turning the film into an experience that kids and communities could have. Uh, so kids could make anything they wanted out of cardboard. It didn't have to be an arcade. And then on the, uh, in the film, we ended up doing a flash mob for this little boy to mm-hmm. bring in more customers. So on the anniversary of that day that we did this flash mob for this little boy to make his day, we have a global day of play, and communities all over the world have flash mobs for kids taking part in the Global Cardboard Challenge. And so the, the first year we did that, uh, we had like, I don't know, 11,000 kids take part, and then it's grown. So word of mouth, the, the, the program went viral, and we've had over a million kids in 80 countries now take part in the Global and Cardboard you, Challenge. And you have a lot of partners too, right? Who, who's in this with you? Oh, we've, we've partnered with all kinds of amazing companies from AT&T Aspire. We do an inventors challenge for the last four years with them. Uh, mattress firm company donated cardboard boxes that their mattresses came in. Google, um, Vans, obviously. So we've, we've got a bunch of different so partners. The, the people who listen to our podcast, many of them are chief marketing officers, chief executive officers, board members of some of the the biggest and most influential companies in the world. Talk directly to them. Like, how can they jump in here? Sure. Well, we, we have um, creativity chapters. We have 30 of them around the, oh, I mean, sorry, we started with 30. We now have uh, almost 200 around the world in 30 countries. And we're growing 100 new chapters, including for kids in refugee camps, that gives kids one to two hours of open-ended creative play every week. Uh, and we also merged with 2-Bit Circus Foundation. So if your listeners know about 2-Bit Circus, Amazing for-profit with a nonprofit doing a lot in STEAM education. We've got maker spaces. We've got um, trash for teaching that collects clean waste from companies and has diverted over 600 tons of waste and put it into classrooms so kids can make stuff out of it first. Uh, so there's a lot of creative ways that you can partner with us and we can come up with creative ways. Uh, but I think what helped us get the million-dollar grant was an idea that I started sharing at some of these talks I was giving where we want to introduce a new symbol on the cardboard box called the reimagine symbol. Because uh, a lot of boxes out there already have a recycling symbol. You know, let's put another symbol on it that invites kids to reimagine the box before they recycle it. It's just the best. I mean, that's genius. It is. It truly is. So in a, in a world where almost everything is an app, kids today act very differently 
I'm not making a judgment call. They act very differently because they're empowered with technology that's never existed. Also could be said about every generation. But really, this generation has got some stuff that we haven't seen. But a cardboard box and a magic marker and some tape, I mean, come on. How does that capture the imagination of a fill-in-the-blank child in 2020? It still works. People, you know, kids see this movie, Kane's Arcade, and they just put their Xbox down and pick up the box that came in and start making stuff. I think that's that's because the the way you were able to tell that story, it's almost like it feels like a Disney film. Um, and yet it's this short form documentary. That's what's so compelling to people. And they immediately want to jump in and participate. And I would even say that the cardboard box doesn't capture the imagination of a kid. It unlocks it. Like they look at it and they go like, what can I make with that? And Kane was the first to inspire people at scale. Since then, what have you seen people make out of cardboard that has surprised you? Oh, man, so many cool things. Um, I, I met a 10-year-old girl in Colorado who made a, a piano that you could play Why out not? of cardboard. So inside of it, she had hung little metal tubes that she'd cut uh, to be in tune, and she had little levers that had nails on them so you could play these keys and it would hit these levers and they would hit these kind of wind wow. chimes. that were like 10 years old. 10 years old. She, yes. she made this whole piano. And then other kids sort of escalate and they add um, things called um, makey-makey and electronics and make like scoreboards yeah, sure. for their games. Right. Uh, I do team building activities for, for companies as part of this talk where, where um, the companies actually work together and make games or different things. And so we've had kind of these teams make kind of cardboard sumo wrestling outfits and and just all kinds of amazing games to play and, and just all kinds of wow. wild stuff. Could you yeah. explain what the difference between normal play and open-ended creative play is in your definitions? Well, I don't know what you mean by normal play, but um, often I think people get prescribed a little bit too much what to do. And so with the idea of this open-ended play, you're not given like a template. Like this I is, see. You know, you're not saying, okay, here, cut okay. this out of the box. Got it. Cut Got these it. shapes out, color it in. It's more like, here's some stuff. What can you do? Yeah. And that's what really unlocks creativity. You're, you're given some limits, you know, but also some opportunity to apply your ideas without being prescribed exactly what to make. That's incredible make right there. That, that, that right there. Well, yeah, because it's always a set of parameters. If someone said to you today, I need you to write something or I need you to create a piece of music. I don't know. They said you create a sonata or, or write a sonnet. You know the form. You don't know what the words are going to be, but at least you know a form, right? So here's a cardboard box and some tape and the stuff. Go. So there are parameters. Yeah. But they're, they're as open-ended. I understand that now. I didn't, I didn't really understand the definition. And that's probably the greatest thing you can do for somebody is say to them, here, inside this, inside this box, make a better box. Yeah. And, and when you think about it, I mean, I think a lot of kids uh, these days, their time's maybe overscheduled. And, and um, you know, back in the day, we had more unstructured time just to be bored. You know, and, and sometimes the best thing you can do for kids or for your team is to just give them space and get out of the way. Well, it's funny because in, in, as we look at the, the, the effects of the tech backlash, the tech clash, tech clash, and we look at all of the, our peers who helped create the social networks that killed play, they're all returning because they're raising children of their own who do not play. The way we all used to, and they realized. Well, how that's what I was saying. I have, yeah. you know, we the, all of our contemporaries who are part of the, um, they're not digital natives, they're the digital architects that actually made they the made world, all this the shit. world. The some of them have children, others have grandchildren now. Exactly, and 
you, I am surprised at the restrictions that the technologists I know put on their own of children course. with respect to what they will and will not allow, which lets you know kind of what the world has turned uh, into. No, no question. Which I, is why there's such a giant need for this. So how can we help you get the word out? Well, just talk yeah, to me on I your think podcast. That. We should put them on the podcast. Oh, wait. There's a couple of places. You know, um, a, one great way to get engaged is if you're interested in having us come out and talk. You know, it's been a really great way to get in front of people, share the story, and find partners. So uh, nervon.com is my personal website with the speaking page. Uh, imagination.org is the foundation site. Also, 2bitcircus.org is, uh, is our um, umbrella organization, canesarcade.com, and uh, my little agency is interconnected.is. I love it. That's Nirvan, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Yeah, it was really such a pleasure. And I'm, I'm pleased when you see Kane, tell him that we are so proud of what he has accomplished <laughs> and sure. we wish him the very, very best. Thank you, guys. And, and thank you both. You've been like mentors to me and have helped, uh, helped me get on some of these stages that have helped lead to all, all these partnerships. So much appreciated. Well deserved. Just getting started. So, you know, Ross, one of my friends has a young toddler who just turned two years old. Cute. And Debbie and I went over to visit, and we brought a wonderful toy <laughs> that cost a fortune mm -hmm. because that's my wife found a toy that cost a fortune in a beautiful cardboard box. You can't re-gift this Galaxy phone <laughs> to a toddler. So I hope this is not no, what no, you no. gave Com completely different, the toddler. Completely different kind of thing. But it was like it was this wonderful plush toy in this box that was sort of almost looked like a chair. It was like a folded cardboard right. box. The child, beautiful young little girl, takes the toy, gives it a hug, puts it down, and then spends the next hour playing with the box. No way. That's amazing. Playing with the box. This is what Nirvan's talking and about. And I looked at my wife and I said to her, you know, we could have just bought the box. Exactly. <laughs> that would have worked out great. So, I mean, Nirvan's onto something for real. Oh, I love it's, that so it's, much. It starts at childhood and it just goes on and on. All right. You know what? Like, let's just leave it there. People should go check out imagination.org. Yeah, an amazing, amazing, amazing And support them, explore, the, bring Nirvan to your business and to your family. And use a box or something other than what it was originally intended for. Make something cool. <laughs> Think about that. Now, Shelly, you've been a baseball fan all your life. Oh, my whole life. You wrote the theme song for the Mets. Yes, let's go Mets. I did. The 1986 world champion, that's let's go. Mets. And yeah. you believe in the purity of the game. I do, other than the Black Sox scandal. I actually and love baseball. Here we go. So <laughs> I, we may have different takes on the Astros yeah. hacking scandal, as it's called. Yeah. Um, cheating scandal. Cheating scandal. What, what do you, what's your take? For me, I love the low tech attack vector. Yeah. Beating on garbage cans, beating on drums. To me, this is like, because <laughs> very often when someone says to me, how are you going to communicate? I said, I will usually say SMS, yeah, um, web, right, email, right, right. this is smoke signals, carrier pigeons. And now I have added trash cans, trash cans because that Amazing. to me, that is a great communications methodology saying you just don't need to use 5G to get your cheating across. But I think, so I think it's an opportunity for Sesame Street. Yeah. <laughs> To actually talk about cheating with the trash can. Yeah. And who is it? Oscar, Oscar, Oscar yeah. the Grouch. Oscar the Grouch. And he can sort of give a lesson on cheating yeah. in Sesame Street. Let me tell you my take. Sure. I think it's the best thing that's happened to baseball in like a decade. Okay. Discuss. Baseball's ratings are in massive decline. That's true. Nobody is sticking around for these three-hour games. Well, because it's 10 minutes of excitement packed what? into three fun-filled hours. Exactly. Yeah. 
everyone watches highlights. No one watches full games. Nobody's going to the stadiums. Look at the stands. There's no one there. Do you know what it costs to go to a damn baseball game? It is, it's so boring. And I love baseball, but it's just become so boring. It's got strategy. It has tension. Well, now it does. It has drama. Well, now it right. does. <laughs> That's right. my point. Yeah. It's like finally I'm interested in baseball again because now I'm trying to figure out what are the all what are all the other ways that people are cheating in baseball. <laughs> Because that's not it. That is no, not no. the extent of the cheating that's going on in this sport. So suddenly, a whole generation of baseball fans that didn't exist realized there is baseball being played and technology has a role to play in it. You know, yeah. At some point, I'm getting a little disillusioned with Planet Earth. <laughs> right? There are some things that are just, you know, pure. But, okay. Here's the irony of all ironies. Yeah. One of the players or former players most responsible for exposing this cheating scandal is Jose Canseco, who was at the very center of the last scandal for doping. It's (laughs) unbelievable. So there is a case to be made that now Jose Canseco is a hero who deserves consideration for the Baseball Hall of Fame because he's now trying to actually make baseball better. I don't know where to begin. Let's go Mets. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. We got the teamwork to make the dream work. Let's go. Let's go Mets. We're going to make it this time. We're going to take it home. Let's go. Let's go Mets. Let's go. Let's go. Make it happen. Oh, that's a classic. Let's go Mets. Great job on that song, Shelly. Brings back a lot of memories. We thank you for downloading, listening, and subscribing to Think About This with Shelly Palmer and Ross Martin. If you think you know less than you did before, just wait until our next episode on the Westwood One Podcast Network.